0: Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And we have an amazing guest today. Mary is a Honolulu-based lifestyle photographer, activist, humanitarian, and environmentalist. She specializes in public speaking Marine Debris Removal and Volunteer Management. She has been in Hawaii for almost 10 years and has a five-year-old dog that is like her baby. We are so excited to be welcoming to the podcast, Mary. Welcome, Mary. Hi. Thank you. We always like to start off with a a gimme question. Hopefully, it's a gimme question. (laughs) What is the part of your body that's been the easiest to love?
1: It's kind of a gimme question. I think that for me, it's going to be something like my hair my eyes. Those parts are easy to love. I think the curls, for whatever reason, make me more approachable to people. Um, I look younger, more, more, you know, whatever it is. I just am more approachable, I think, because I've got the the curly hair that people think of like a young girl. You know what I mean? So for me, the hair and the eye is probably easiest to love.
2: I can totally understand that. I mean, you do definitely have fabulous hair and it's um, the curliness, I think, does give you a bit of personality and um, fun and lightness, like you mentioned. And then, of course, you do have beautiful eyes as well. Um, Are these are these parts of your body where like you received a lot of positive comments as you were growing up?
1: Yeah. And, and like from family members, like my uncles and things like teasing comments, like I had one uncle that always used to blink at me and say, tell me more about my eyes. (laughs) And so I've always like, they're the parts of my body that I think other people have pointed out that, um, that they're attracted to or drawn to for whatever reason. And so I think being able to use that or, (laughs) you know, just noticing that that's a thing is helpful.
2: Yeah, totally. Um I feel like I feel like Arliss, like you must have some insights on this as well because you also have some beautiful eyes and um and of course lovely hair.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm actually a natural blonde. Um like white blonde. Like at least as blonde as Mary is, if not more. And um and I used to get no compliments on my hair, which is hilarious because you know, like in the standard of beauty for society kind of thing, like blonde hair is very much, at least when I was growing up, like what people wanted, you know, we're actively trying to get but with highlights and all that sort of thing. Um, And as soon as I turned my hair red, which was about a a decade ago, I get like constant compliments on my hair. Um, And and it's really interesting. And I do have those outliers like my mom and a couple of other people that are like, I really wish you were still blonde. Cause I miss your blonde hair. Um, but I feel much more me as a redhead. So I wonder if it's really the hair, um, or if it's more my feeling of connection with the color of my hair. Um, and, and that's why I get compliments. I don't know. But Mary, you have absolutely beautiful hair. And um, it's hard to see eyes in Zoom. But, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> sure. but I can I can definitely see why why you would be receiving those compliments. And of course, it's easier for us to feel that. Um, it's easier to love those parts if we're getting positive, um, you know, affirmations all the time from other people. Yeah. So Mary. What is a part of your body that you find is more challenging to love or or really challenging to love?
1: Well, I have a sensory processing disorder. So my senses, touch, taste, sound, sight, smell are all a little bit off compared to the way other people perceive their senses. It basically means that I have... Like The the stuff that goes from my body to my brain, the signal from my body to my brain can be off, whether it be my sense of touch is a little bit turned down, like I love a weighted blanket, or um, my sense of sound is really turned up and things can be very distracting for me. And the way that that's manifested in my physical body is I'm very uncomfortable with my thighs. Like I'm a little bit overweight right now because COVID and and that just happens, you know, and our our weights fluctuate throughout our lifespan. But I find that when I get to this, this upper range of my weight, my legs start to rub together. I get chafing, my pants don't fit right. And I, I become very physically uncomfortable in my body. Um, And so I think my thighs are harder to love because when I do gain a little bit of weight, I become very physically uncomfortable and it's hard for me to even process that. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I can definitely relate to um, feeling challenged by your thighs. Like those have always been like one of the larger parts of my body. And I don't know about you, Mary, but I'm almost like loving this this renaissance of thighs that are coming back in like the younger generation where like they're they are kind of embracing like bigger thighs. And I'm like, oh, like so all this time, you know, like coming back to this place of um, having more appreciation for my legs and, and for those kind of things. But I can definitely hear you, too, about the chafing and the discomfort that can come from having um, bigger thighs. I'm I'm still navigating and working through my own feelings on it. So I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, I
1: feel very much it's like a double-edged sword on the one side. I'm like, I actually, for example, the Super Bowl, we had Mary J. Blige up there and those amazing thigh high boots. And I was like, you guys look at this girl's thighs. She has some, <laughs> like, it's amazing. You know, real body is on TV. That's great. But, yes. but at the same time, even though I don't think I look bad, I feel awful. And I think that's the difference. It's just the, the physical feeling that I have to, you know, kind of grapple with. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that it's great that we've got this new Body positivity thing going through like everywhere. Um, I think also the diversity aspect of it, right? Like uh, different cultures are kind of built a little bit differently, and and I think that having more diverse cultures being seen in, in TV and media um, encourages all of us to love our bodies more. So yeah, it's great.
0: Well, and, and one of the things that I feel like ties into, um, part of your bio that makes me really curious is you say that you're an activist and, um, what does that look like for you? And is any of it related to body positivity?
1: I am an activist. I mean, I, I would say probably is any of it related to body positivity specifically? No. Um, I'm very involved with local environmental groups and beach cleanups, and I care deeply about our our local environment. And I also care deeply about, you know social issues. Like I said, diversity is a huge thing. Um, and in my, you know whether it be my photography business or in my volunteer life, i'm I'm constantly trying to, Diversify who I'm, who I'm taking images of, who I'm reaching out to, um, just so that everybody feels like they're included and and they can be a part of whatever it is that we're doing. Um, but you know, Black Lives Matter. I've I've marched in in Black Lives Matter parade here, and I've marched against pre- police brutality, and I've marched for environmental things, and you know, re- written to my legislators about different th- legislators about different things. But um, I haven't really seen anything activism-wise. It's directly related to body positivity specifically. I'm open to that though. <laughs> I think it's great.
2: Yeah. Well, I love hearing that, um, that you even incorporated in ways that you can in your business by looking to photograph and take images of men and, wi- men and women of different sizes. Um, Wait, has that ever been a challenge or like, why do you, why do you think that's been something that's important to you? Well, I mean, for many different aspects,
1: I mean, just because that's who I am, I don't want to have, you know, one type of person across the the board, but also where we live is a very diverse area. I mean, we live in Honolulu and, you know, with, with some of the work that I do recruiting volunteers, um, especially because it's on outer islands that I'm not physically on, it can be very difficult because I, I'm this, I'm, I'm white girl, Mary from Oahu, who's originally from Seattle, who's not from the islands, right? So how do you open those doors? How do you get people to listen to you? How do you, you know, bridge that gap and, and build a community through that? You have to have people on your team and, and people around you that reflect the communities that we live in. And so that's really the way that I go about that is just trying to make sure that my team is diverse, trying to make sure that the the locations that I'm reaching out to are diverse. Um, so that we're we're really re- reflecting the people that are in our community, not just the people that look like I would be comfortable with them, you know.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I really love your level of awareness on that because I feel like sometimes people don't see or understand that um, the importance of representation. So I love that you're bringing that to light and talking about how it's important in your business and the ways that you implement that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, um, what's, what's one of the ways that you like to practice um, self-love and self-care for yourself? Um,
1: well, it's a little of making sure that I listen to myself, like listen to my body. You know, if something is, if something is not right or something's off, being able to honor that and take a step back and do whatever I need to do to find that balance that I need so I can move forward. And then also just being in nature. You know, we live in Hawaii, getting outside, taking the dog for a walk. I mean, that would be like the lowest level, right? Taking just taking the dog for a walk, getting out of the house for a few minutes and and seeing nature and being outside is, is the lowest level. Higher level would be a beach day all by myself where I go and I snorkel the reef and I'm cleaning, you know, fishing line and lead lead weights and whatever you find out there off the reef. And it's just very zen and quiet. And and after a day like that, you just feel like you've been to a spa. So yeah, a little of both. <laughs>
2: Oh, I love that. I actually think that we should plan some kind of like beach day snorkeling because that's what I love to do. And people think I'm so weird that after I'm like just hanging out at the beach, I'm like, let me clean up. <laughs> and yeah. it brings me so much joy to do that. Um, and I feel like so, like other people sometimes think I'm crazy because that's like, I'm not thinking that I need to do a whole beach cleanup. I'm at the beach and I want to clean up, kind of thing. I love that, yeah. that kind of yeah, attitude too. Yeah, um, it's my favorite. Yeah, and I. I this is something for you that you see as like a form of self care and self love. Like, what what about this? Um, what about being at the beach snorkeling, uh, you know, picking up some trash, taking the dog for the walk, being in nature? What about that um, really speaks to your soul? <laughs> Well, I think it's actually a science
1: thing. So there's... I don't know if you guys have heard about Blue Mind. um, But Blue Mind is basically the study of how humans are better and more happy and more balanced when we're in, on, around, or near water. Um, And it's been expanding and expanding out and they have conferences now in California on it every year. And there's neuroscientists that study your brain and, and how your brain reacts when you're in, on, around, or near water. There's realtors that will, you know, talk about how much more successful they are selling in areas that have water near them than than not and so I think that, you know, there are structures in our brain that were developed during, you know, evolution when we were in the water and we're out of the water now, but those structures are still there. So there's parts of our mind and our brain that are tied to water. It can be something as simple as how good it feels to wash your hands after they were sweaty or sticky, or having the water run over your hair in the shower, or sitting and having lunch next to a fountain. Those are like smaller blue mind kinds of things, right? But getting in the water, swimming, snorkeling that zen that you get from just being there the weightlessness right it's all i think that is the the aspect of it that is self-care to me it feels good on like a mental health level on a soul deep level the ocean will heal heal (laughs) you basically
0: Well, and, and you have mentioned already in our podcast, uh, your photography, I'd love to know more about that. Um, where do you do that? Uh, what kind of photography do you do? And if people wanted to work with you, how would they get in contact with you?
1: Yeah. So I'm all over the internet. Um, my handle is at ocean soul photography as in, I have an ocean soul, ocean soul photography. Um, so you can look me up on Instagram, Facebook, um, whatever, And basically what I do is I'm a lifestyle photographer. So I love to photograph couples, families, and pets. Um, But a lot of people do that in the islands, right? So really what sets me apart, I would say, is that um, I like to work with... Well, what I should say is what I want to work with is your grandma that doesn't want to be there your dog that's going to run straight into the ocean and get all sandy and just be a complete mess and your son that's going to show up in the wrong tie and and go running off you know like i want the naughty children and the bad dogs and the and the grumpy old people Because the truth is that's real life, right? And whenever we whenever I do a session, you know, there's always a mom, whoever the mom is. It can be the girlfriend, it can be whoever, but there's always a mom of the session that's like, I organize this, I want everybody to look very nice. We're going at this time, you know, they're they're very stressed out about it. And I try to tell that person, you can relax. This is it's not going to be a thing where you get there and I make you all sit still and you know take pictures for an hour. I really follow them around and take photos of whatever I find that's most beautiful. So typically, my clients will choose if they want to have a morning or an evening session and we'll either do sunrise or sunset. So we get that golden hour. And we show up at the location, it could be a park, it could be your house, it could be the, the beach, uh, wherever they prefer to be photographed. And I take images of them naturally as they move around. And I found that that is how I get the most natural, authentic images of people. And because I do more in-person sales where I sell wall art and actual products rather than just digital files, I find that you're able to get more images in people's homes when they're these more authentic images of their actual family than these posed images where everyone's wearing weird outfits, they're not really comfortable in sitting, you know, wherever. So yeah. I hope that answered it.
0: Absolutely. That's fantastic. And I love that, that you invite the more challenging situations because I remember, um, a friend that didn't take family photos for so long because she felt like it would be so challenging.
1: So for all I think that, we all have our thing. Yeah. We all have it. I don't do weddings. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I didn't mean to interrupt you though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, you know, if anyone is in Hawaii or coming to Hawaii and you feel like you might have that challenging family member or pet, um, definitely look Mary up because she sounds like the best photographer for you. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you for that. So we all experience times when we feel disconnected from our bodies and, when that happens for you, what do you do to reconnect with that with your body and reconnect with yourself?
1: Yeah, you know I have found that the call map is really, really helpful. Um, I happen to have Kaiser Insurance and it's free if you if you have Kaiser, you can get the call map for free and so this year I you know I have been through a couple of challenging times and I really leaned into that as well as just therapy. Therapy always helps having someone to talk to that is you know like a They can get a different perspective when they're not in the situation and they're educated and they know how to talk to you about those things. But the call map and just being able to sit there and and listen to a meditation or... They have these walking meditations that I find are really great. So I can have my AirPods in and everything else, you know, the AirPods are noise canceling. So everything else is blocked out. And, and then the walking meditation will say things like, okay, now you're walking, feel the breeze on your face. Think about the way that your feet are hitting the ground as you walk. Is it your toes hitting first? Is it your heel hitting first? And it just reprograms the way that your thought process is happening in that moment. And I find that that's really helpful to just rebalance, get back to square one so that I can do other things.
2: I love that. And I love learning that the Calm app is free with Kaiser. I didn't know that. Um, So that that is a great benefit as well. Um, And yeah, I hear like meditation being part of it. Just um, I like and in using an app or therapy, I think was also something you mentioned. what I'm hearing you kind of say is like to reconnect. Sometimes we also reconnecting with our body is also connecting outside of ourselves with um, with the with the greater world. So like like sometimes when we're feeling disconnected maybe we're in this place of feeling alone or cutting ourselves off and reconnecting is reconnecting to ourselves our bodies and and to feeling more as part of the the larger collective feeling connected to that I love that yeah hmm. yeah yeah Um, have you ever felt challenged by societal norms or body image expectations, um, or maybe embraced them? Like what's, what's kind of been your experience with, with body image and societal norms? Yeah, a little bit.
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of challenging things that you don't really notice until they get pointed out. Right. Um, so for example, I, I heard someone saying the other day that they didn't know that they were supposed to shave their toe hair. <laughs> I'm like, are we supposed to? I mean, I know, you know, sometimes the hair grows on your toes and in, in our society, everybody shaves a lot of things. But what the person was saying was, I never even knew that was a thing. And now they pointed it out. And I feel like I always have to shave my toe hair now when I shave my legs. So like, I haven't had that personal experience, but it's things like that. Until it's pointed out to you that you're doing something that other people aren't doing. You don't necessarily feel... I don't know what the word I guess the best way to put it would be like the shame of not complying. Right. So for me, a lot of times it's things like makeup. I don't wear a lot of makeup. um, And, and a lot of people do, Um, you know, going into the office and feeling like I need to put on heels and a dress rather than, you know, something else that's equally business appropriate, but more comfortable. Um, It's, it's those things that kind of throw me off a little bit. I think I might've missed half of your question though, but (laughs)
2: No, um, I love I love your response. And um, actually, makeup is something that Arliss and I are both, I think, I think not wearing. I don't know, Arliss, are you if if you're not wearing it at all? Like, I feel like I'm mostly that's been my life, like not wearing makeup. And now instead of like feeling bad about that, like I'm just starting to embrace that I don't wear makeup more. But I think, Arliss, you made a change also kind of getting away from makeup. Is that right? I did. so was around
0: November of last year, and um, and I'm not saying that I'll never ever wear makeup. Um, I still own a ton of makeup, so I probably will wear it on occasion. Um, I wore it. Uh, let me think. Like four weeks ago, um, my husband and I went to a live music performance, and I put on makeup. It felt very strange. <laughs> it felt totally abnormal. Um, and it's interesting because it, it had, we had this great dialogue around it. Um, So, you know, what did we like about the makeup and what didn't we like about the makeup? And it was really interesting to be having that open dialogue with my husband um, and learning more about uh, really about how he just appreciates me in my natural state and that he was really relieved when I stopped wearing makeup uh, for the most part in November. And, um, and he said, the only thing that I even notice that has a positive impact on me when you do wear makeup is uh, I get to see your eyes look bigger or brighter when you wear mascara. But he said, other than that, I don't really notice, like I don't notice anything positively. And so that was really you know, eye-opening for me. I think that it would be interesting if um, people had those types of conversations with their partners, right? Because it's not only um, individuals that identify as female that wear makeup, right? Um, individuals that are non-binary or identify as male also wear makeup um, and have that conversation with their partners and and see how it's being received, because I think it would be surprising, actually. And I'm not saying that anybody else's point of view should dictate what we do to to our bodies at all. Um, Your partner might say, I don't like you with makeup. And you might say, well, that's too bad because I'm going to wear it. (laughs) Um, But I still think the conversation
1: is worth having. No, I think that's great. I actually have had, I mean, I've had some strange comments from people that I've dated. I had one guy that told me that when I wear powder foundation, it sits on top of my peach fuzz on my face. And I was like, I have peach fuzz on my face. (laughs) What? You know? um, And I've, I've, had many people tell me that I look really different when I put mascara on like you're saying I have naturally really long eyelashes but they're blonde so if I don't wear mascara which I normally will at least put on a little mascara it looks like all my eyelashes got plucked out And so, you know, if people have not seen me with mascara or vice versa, they've only seen me with it and then they don't, I look completely different. Um, But I think in general, it just makeup feels heavy on my face. You know, I just don't really like the feeling of it. I feel like I have a cake face when there's all of this stuff on me. And, you know, some people love it. I think that's great. If you want to wear makeup, please, by all means. But I think what you're saying, if you have a conversation with your partner, it's not that you're going to change what you do because you should, you know, do what makes you feel happy, but it is is eye-opening because if you're doing that stuff, thinking that your partner only finds you attractive when you look this way, you may just find out that actually they don't, they don't care at all. Or maybe they think you look ridiculous with your huge fake eyelashes and your eyebrows painted on and lipstick, you know, like you really never know. Um, and on my side of that, like you were saying, men wear, eye, not eyeliner, men wear makeup too. I did guys in eyeliner. I used to manage a metal band in Seattle. I like guys with long hair and eyeliner and I, you know, whatever. If my boyfriend wore that, I would think it was ridiculous, but, <laughs> but
2: I like the look, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I love that. Cause I think we are like, you know, we're talking about our, partner's perception or you know, like someone where, you know, somebody else's perception basically of what we're doing to our body. And I love this cause it is a, it is a conversation of interest, but I love the distinction that you both are putting in there where our partner's opinion does not necessarily dictate what we are going to do going forward with our bodies or our makeup. But it is, it is an interesting discussion to kind of hear, especially if we're putting on the makeup thinking that they're enjoying it or like, you know, that it's, it's really for them. Um, I wear makeup so re- rarely that what I try to do is I try to wear makeup and trick my husband into thinking I'm not wearing makeup. So, so I'll put on, cause like I have, I have like fairly great skin and like, like I, I feel very blessed. I, I, to not necessarily really need makeup in the way that some other people may feel that um so i just i try to do as very very little as possible to really enhance features and i'm hearing that with both of you like you know really noticing that for both of you because you have beautiful bright um you know uh colored eyes that allows for you to um to like really have your eyes pop with mascara and things like that um and for me like pretty much the only thing that i would say really looks different on my face when I put on makeup is if I put on lipstick and it's actually part of the reason I don't really like wearing lipstick um, because it draws a lot of attention to my lips. And I feel like they're already like big and juicy and out there. (laughs) They don't need any extra attention kind of thing. You have great lips.
0: (laughs) And, and Mary, I have the same thing because I'm blonde My my eyelashes and eyebrows are totally blonde too. Um, If I don't dye my eyebrows along with my hair, you can't even tell that I have eyebrows. I don't even think my eyebrows are as dark as yours. So I do dye them so that they show up a little bit. Um, but it's interesting, um, because I think that most people also think I have very short or non-existent eyelashes, (laughs) but I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, they come out, they become very obvious when I put on mascara, but they're, they're kind of, clear the joke in my family was that I didn't get eyebrows until I turned 12 I mean obviously I had eyebrows before then but they were they were the same color
1: as my skin so you couldn't see them or clear, maybe maybe they were clear I don't know everybody's tattooing their eyebrows on now. And I actually have a neighbor. She just went and got them done and it. it. was done so finely, like so thin. It looks really beautiful. And I was like, maybe I, maybe I need to do that. And then I was like, you do not need to do that. You've never cared about your eyebrows. You don't put, eyebrows, you don't put makeup on. they just, what? <laughs> you know, it's that thing that you don't notice until someone points it out, kind of. Now it's a thing I think about.
2: <laughs> yeah, even lashes, right? Like, I mean, I hear both of you saying you have beautiful, long lashes. Um, I have like kind of more short, stubby, straight, ish lashes um and now you know like with all these women who wear lashes they can put these and men I'm sure um they can put these sort of ideas of like oh do I am I missing something if I don't have lashes am I missing something if I don't have makeup on am I missing something if I don't have my eyebrows done up and like shaped and you know all that all that kind of stuff um, and I, like, I think it's, you know, I, I, really love that idea that you shared with us for reconnecting with our bodies. Cause it is really going back to those, um, basics of who we really are and who we want to be. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, Mary, like, can you tell me, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, but I'd love to hear more about like how Ocean Soul and how the, how the mission for the business that you do, um, came to be like, like how, how was it that you kind of found this niche of working with people in their more natural state, capturing like their, their real selves, as opposed to the, um, the more posed or like kind of perfect, everybody in the same shirt, like smiling kind of photos. Yeah. So Starting the business in general,
1: um, I guess I'll just start there. I was a nanny for about 12 years. I had moved here from Seattle. I'm also a former foster parent. And so I had started working here with this family that's fantastic. And they um, had two little ones and they're both professors. And um, I helped raise the first baby, left and worked for another family, and then came back for their second baby. The first baby was like my child. Like Everyone out in the world was like, Oh my gosh, he has your hair because he has curly blonde hair. I was like, this is not my baby. I assure you. (laughs) Um, But when I came back for the second one, man, those second babies, they have the will of a warrior. And she was the last baby I ever nannied. There was one day where she was screaming and it was like four hours, you guys. And she had been fed and she had been changed and she had everything was fine. She just wanted her mom and mom was not coming home for hours and she wouldn't stop screaming. And I was like, I'm going to throw the baby out the window. Like I can't. And then when I had that thought, not literally I'm going to throw her out the window, but you know she's frustrating me to the point of I'm not okay now. Um, I was like, you can't do this anymore. Like you can't feel like that about children. You know, you love this baby, right? But if you're starting to have these kinds of feelings, it might be time for a job change. And the next day, I literally launched my photography business. I just told my my partner at the time. I'm going to do this. I'm clearly not going to go back to school for my PhD, which was the original goal when I moved here. Um, I have a bachelor's in psychology. Um, And so I decided that next day to, to start this business. And I started researching... Um, how to market myself and how to do the business side of it. I've always done photography since I was about 15 years old. I started with a Canon film camera that my mom found for me at $50 at a yard sale. And, um, and I've always just captured whatever I think is beautiful. Um, during that year, I continued nannying while I, while I prepared to launch the business and I would photograph the babies and their pets and my dogs that I have and, um, it's just kind of how I had always... I think your style is your style. I was always the kind of person that just photographed whatever is there and most beautiful as I could. Um, whereas there are some people that really like that structured pose. They, they go to classes to learn posing, you know, these kinds of things. I think in order to be a well-rounded photographer, you've got to know a little bit of both. Um, but for me, as far as my image and how I want to be perceived... I'm, there's nothing about me that's light and airy. I'm a vivid person. I, uh, you know, I love dark, intense colors. I love bright things. And those are the types of people that I want to be around. And when you're photographing people that are creatives and people that are, you know, um, not super structured, that are a little bit messy in a beautiful way, you're not doing them any justice when you photograph them. In a way that doesn't suit them by posing them in a certain way or whatever you really have to capture their light and and who they are and how you do that is just by following them and and watching
2: i love that you shared um about the balance between the the natural and then also a little bit of stylistic because i found that um i was super uncomfortable in photographs until I learned a couple of basic poses that just gave me the confidence to feel better taking a photo. Um, Because before, like I was definitely the person who'd be like, you know, hunched shoulders, like rolled up in a ball, like I don't feel comfortable in this picture, (laughs) like kind of thing. And learning a little bit more about posing, about like opening up your body, you know, like just um, thinking about like your body placement helped me to feel more comfortable but I do at the same time, still really want to look like myself. So I love that you have that balance because sometimes I think it can get a little too styled um, or, you know, just be a little bit of like a, did, did your child take this photo <laughs> kind of feeling? For sure. You know, I try to tell people like, for example,
1: if they're very uncomfortable, like, cause it's some people you say, okay, just do what you do, you know, do what you would do naturally at the beach and I'll photograph you and they're like, I don't, what do I normally do with the beat? Like, you know, they can't you say, okay, Well, start over here. I want you guys to, you know, you're going to build a sandcastle, right? You give them a project, you give them a topic, you give them a, something they need to do, and then you can work a little bit more freestyle. But there are always going to be some people that you've got to coach a little bit, you know, like you were talking about posing when you if you're standing straight onto a camera, you look kind of blocky. Yeah? You want to turn just a little to the side, like three quarters and put a foot forwards, you know, and like a little these little tiny touchy things that change the way that your body looks on camera versus, you know, how uncomfortable it feels in the moment. Um And so I just try to kind of coach people through that as, as I see, and I play it by ear and, you know, we have a, usually a design consultation prior to our session where we sit and we talk about those things. You know, what do you plan to wear? How do you, you know, how do you plan to do your hair? Have you considered the wind? Are you, you know, those kinds of things that they might not be expecting that I know are going to be an issue. And then, you know, when I come to a session day, I usually bring a little kit (laughs) that's got, you know, a little extra new comb that's still in the package in case someone has flyaways, some hairspray, you know, a little bit of wet wipes in case there's sand that gets in weird places or whatever the case may be. Even things like you may want to remove your glasses. If you wear glasses every day, you may want to remove them because during a photo, it's going to be glare and you're going to have these weird parts that look strange. So maybe for the photographs, you don't. Okay. You love your glasses. So it's a part of your face. You want to wear them. That's great. We're going to have a little bit of more editing on the back end then in that case. Right. So just expressing that kind of stuff to people and making sure that before they come to the the session, they're going to be comfortable at least knowing what we're doing, how it's going to how the day is going to go and and what the expectations are.
2: I love that. And I hear you putting a lot of like um, comfort into somebody's experience. like as you're kind of working with people and like, it sounds like, you know, through photography, there are probably a lot of ways that, um, people's self-image or their body image, uh, pops up. Like what are, what are some of the things that you use to coach people in those moments or like kind of help them feel a little bit more confident in their bodies? It starts at that design consultation with the clothing.
1: You know, I, I ask people what they plan to wear and sometimes they'll say, Oh, you know, we're going to, husband and son are going to be in these cute matching suits and I'm going to be in this dress or whatever. And I, I try to just encourage people to think about it in the most comfortable way possible. Yes. You want to look polished. Yes. You want to look, you know, maybe you want to look professional depending on what your, you know, what your style or your photos shoot is for, but you also want to be comfortable in your skin, you know? So if you're, if you're going to go out and buy a brand new outfit before your session, I recommend you wear it like wear it at least once, wear it for a few hours, see how it actually feels on, go outside in it. Um, You know, that kind of thing. And just just to try to help people, especially with me with my sensory issues, I have issues with certain clothing and things being tight in different areas. And so I can fully understand how that might affect somebody else. And when you're already stressed out about, okay, this is our image and we're paying money for these photos and you know we want everything to go just right. You don't want to have to be worrying about like the rock in your shoe, (laughs) basically, you know, a piece of clothing that's uncomfortable and fitting you in some weird way or whatever. So I just encourage people to really be aware of the environment they're going to be in and what they're going to be wearing and to do whatever they need to do to make sure that they're going to be comfortable in that moment. Because if you're not comfortable in what is on your body, you're not going to be comfortable in your body in that moment it's already an uncomfortable situation. So,
2: mm, yeah. So I hear like comfortable clothes, um, things that you feel really good in wearing that like you feel like you can move in and, and that kind of stuff, it sounds like it's really important in, um, in the, in the photo shoot and all that. Yeah. And just, you know, things like colors, coordinating colors,
1: um, not clashing with the background. Like if you're wearing an ocean blue shirt, you're going to blend into the ocean. Right. So stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I just try to coach them on those things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like those are great insights that you as a photographer have about um, things that may matter to them in the final product that maybe they may not think about immediately in the moment. I love that. Exactly.
0: I would love to know from you, Mary, if you could leave our listeners with a closing thought,
1: um, what would that be? feet in the sand, head in the clouds, and just keep swimming. <laughs> that's kind of, kind of my mantra, right? Got to stay grounded, feet in the sand, head in the clouds. You got to stay open and, and, you know, experience new things and you just got to keep going <laughs> You can get through anything with that. That
0: is fantastic. Thank you so much, Mary, for joining us today. Um, we're just really honored to have you as a guest and, for anybody that's looking to connect with Mary, uh, we'll have her contact information for you so that you can reach out. Thank you again, Mary.
1: <laughs> no problem. Thank you, guys. It was
0: great to be here. Thanks, Mary. Have a good rest of your day. You too. We have an amazing announcement, Diana. Are you excited?
1: Yes, let's go for it. Should we I stay are... on or do I go? Sorry. <laughs> oh, <you> please stay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, please stay.
0: So we have our first ever body positivity ambassador. So Tasha is a current Miss Nebraska contestant. And she shares her own personal message of self-love and mental health through her social media, as well as speaking at nonprofits, sororities, and other events across the state. Um, And she is so excited to be joining the Body Positivity team. She will be leading a workshop at um, the... Mind, Body, Soul Movement Summit in May. And she will also have a featured card in our collaborative card deck that will be released in April. So we're so excited to be announcing um, Tasha. We're going to have an even bigger announcement later this week. Um, And yeah, so we officially want to welcome Tasha to the Body Positivity team.
2: Yay, congratulations. We're so excited to have Tasha as um as part of our team as an ambassador helping us to spread the message of body positivity. Fantastic. So
0: if you got some value out of our podcast today, please follow um, on the different uh podcast apps. And share it with other people. Uh, we want to spread the conversation around of potty, body positivity so that we can normalize
2: um, normalize body positivity in the world. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. I'm so grateful. I think that this is such an important message. And I just want to say again, you know, thank you to Mary for being with us today. Thank you, Arliss, for um, for spearheading our, our podcast and being willing to even create this space. Um, I feel so blessed to be able to be here with both of you today.
0: Fantastic.
2: Well, join us next time on the next Body Positivity
0: Podcast. Thank you. Thank you ladies. You. Have a great
2: day. Bye. Bye bye.